So we've never done this before, so, and this is the first time. This is our first sponsored show. and all that um, and we're starting off with uh, a pretty good one so if you're a cyclist triathlete uh, you love riding and you're looking for those gains we've got your back um, we have teamed up with Clint from Easy Disc and he's willing to offer 10% off an Easy Disc to our listeners so even though they're cheap enough as it is so if you head to the website if you uh, type in Tritech and then the number 10, all in capitals, that gives you 10% off an easy disc. Um, that's pretty good gains there. Wind tunnel tested, uh, basically exactly the same as having a disc wheel. And the bonus of being able to remove it if you don't like cycling the strong winds and all that sort of stuff. Happy days, all good. So visit easydisc.co.uk, that's E-Z-Disc.co.uk. Type in Tritech 10, it's all capitals. 10% off. There we go. Morning. So it's uh, the morning after I spoke to our podcast guest who we've got on today. Um, and it's given me a few hours to kind of digest everything in my head and what was actually said. And I, I still, it was, she just, oh, I'm lost for words, still lost for words. Um, you've got to listen to this. It's absolutely epic. Um, the lady that I spoke to is Claire Danson. If you don't know her story, all of her, her social media links and bits and pieces will be in the show notes. So please give this a listen. Um, I hope you do it. I always start recording early because usually the first bits are the best bits and you can never get them back again. It's <laughs> Um. Yeah. Hello, Claire. Hello. Uh, we've been chatting on and off on uh, socials for I uh, for quite a bit, I suppose, for a, a couple of months. Um, you're quite inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Even if you don't think you are. <laughs> the quiet, the, the quiet response to that one. <laughs> Just nod. Um, that's very kind of you. <laughs> So uh, let's let's re rewind all the way as far as far back as we can. Um, your first ever triathlon. My first ever triathlon was um, the Dam Buster in Rutland, and it was a qualifying race, um, which I as didn't. You do <laughs> well. To be honest, I didn't really understand about any of that at that point. Um, I had entered it because the year before, having been a relatively competitive runner before, the year before that I got a stress fracture in my back and I decided that once I recovered from that I wanted to have something to aim for, so I entered a triathlon, not really knowing anything about it. Um, I did that race on a borrowed bike, <clears throat> um, I did own my own wetsuit, I think I bought one by then, uh, but just a cheap one, um, and I remember going and I had a friend that was there, his name was Giles. And I remember him saying, right, now we've got to put baby oil on so you can get your wetsuit on, off. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I literally I had no idea. 
Um, but I actually, from that race, and again, someone had said to me the week before, I'll go online and put your name down just in case you qualify. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Did what I was told <clears throat> and actually qualified for the Worlds and the Europeans in that race on, on roll down, not by right. Um, <clears throat> and it was back when, if you qualified for the Worlds, it was like the Worlds that year. Um, and okay. it would have been in Canada, but I decided not to go because I didn't really understand what it was all about. Um, but I did go to the Europeans the following year. Um, so that was my second race. Um, so you, you didn't do, you didn't get anything in between? No, because it hadn't really been my intent to like carry on really. Um, it was just kind of a thing that I did um, whilst I was rehabbing, my physio had said to me, oh, you know, you've got to swim and cycle to stay fit. And I go mm. in and every, every week when I went in, he, I'd tell him what I'd done and he'd say, well, you're quite good. You should, you should think about triathlon. And every week I'd say, no, 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 that's, that's not for me. And then he, the next, after a month or so, he was like, I found a really good club you could join. And he just slowly <laughs> like wore me down, um, slowly wore me down. And, um, and then suddenly I found myself at the start line and that was it really. Um, no looking back. So what happened when you went to your, where was the first Europeans? Where was that? Uh, so it was um, Geneva um, in, um, and it was amazing. Um, I mean, I did lots of things wrong, but it was like, the, it was the best experience. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember I was like keen bean. So I like read all the things and like was like, I'll do everything that they say you're supposed to. And they were like, you shouldn't ride the course because there, it was all on main roads and obviously nothing was closed, but get a taxi around it. So I was like, okay, I'll get a taxi around it. Oh my goodness me. The other end of the course and 70 like pounds in, I was like, I'm not getting any money left. So I was like, I'm going to have to get out. So had, was this a sprint or Ollie? Was <laughs> this was an Olympic? Okay, so that's a quite a decent taxi fare. Well, yeah, and me trying to be goody two-shoes was doing what I was told to do, realised, obviously, that that was not the thing to do. No one else did it. And said to this taxi driver, you're going to have to let me out here, at which point he took pity on me and said, don't worry, I'll switch off. I'll take you back. <laughs> so he switched off the, like, money thing and very kindly drove me back. Um, but, um, yeah, I then... Memories of that race are... I did, I, I got this thing where I really panicked as I started to swim, so I couldn't breathe. So I stopped and like watched everyone swim away from me. Um, came out the water, my sister come to watch. I didn't know this, but apparently she turned to my mum before I'd come out and asked her if she thought I might have drowned. Um, I biked my way, I think into about eighth and then ran oh, myself. Jesus, in. so you must've had a, how bad was the swim? I mean, I was pretty much lost. <laughs> How many were in the race? Uh, about 30 odd. So it's Oh, so you had a cracking bike leg then. I had, yeah, I had, it was, I mean, it was a beautiful day. It was sunny. It was just like perfect conditions. Um, and it was a really good course. Um, um, got into transition, forgot to take my helmet off, tried to run out with my helmet on, thought, <laughs> no, I've still got my helmet on. Um, so I had to run back to my space in transition, get rid of my helmet and then try and run again. Um, I then managed to, so it's three laps. And then at the end of the third lap, you went down the finishing chute, but it was just before you got to the end of the third lap. So I was waiting to get right back to the start before I started looking for the finish line. Of course, by that time I'd run the wrong way. 
Um, so I ended up I ended up coming sixth in the end, but as I say, I was I wasn't. Oh, that, that's a blinding result for loads of mistakes. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's kind. Most people would probably be like, you should probably have known a little bit more about what you're doing. No. Um, but com comedy of errors, but a lot of fun. Um, so that was good. So then all of a sudden, did you, did it click and you thought, hang on, I'm probably all right at this? Yeah, and I guess it kind of gives you that. I mean, we're, we're all very similar in terms of characters, aren't we? You do, you do a get to a certain level and you think, oh, maybe I could, you know, if I train a bit harder, if I learn a bit more about what I'm doing, could I be a little I bit I could better? go pro. <laughs> well, you know, that, that wasn't, you know, from that point, that wasn't my intent. It was just like, well, let's see if I can get a medal and let's, let's see what I might be able to do. Um, it took me a few years to get my first medal. There was a lot more errors along the way. Um, but I think that's all part of the learning process, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think that's where I'm at at the moment. Pushing. there's so much there's so much because there is so much you can learn you know there's so much potential there it's an exciting place to be it never stops no <laughs> so did you think oh yeah once i've done this I'll, yeah it's just something else comes <laughs> yeah always yeah it's endless isn't it just keeps going but yeah so you came out of that and then uh so that that club that your physio that you was working with did he put you in touch with precision is that who it was? So that was, yeah. So back in the day, they were uh, one triathlon um, RDS was their name. So that was, as I first joined them, that was kind of what they were called. Um, and over the years, it's changed. And now it's now it's precision. Um, but yeah, first first coach, current coach as well. They're, they're all over the, the gram. Um, uh yeah, it just seemed like a great bunch to sort of be involved with. And when everything of which we'll get into, when everything happened, it seemed they were all over it. Um, I mean, amazing. Yeah, they are. It's an incredible, it's the environment that we have, the, the like camaraderie. I mean, it's a triathlete thing. I think there's a lot of, you know, you go to a race and people you don't know, you can start having a chat to. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely our precision are great. So after that race, what happened next? After so you, that race, you've made uh, you felt like you made an absolute ass out of yourself. Oh, that's so good! If you ran out of transition with your helmet on, yeah. and then you just <laughs> uh, you thought I'm going to have a crack at something else. <laughs> yeah, so I would say at that point I was like, well, I've got. I then got into the kind of routine of you go to qualifiers, you qualify, you go to Europeans and Worlds, um, kind of routine. Um, at the qualifiers, I was usually kind of first or second um, in, in the age group. And then I was kind of hoping to like more looking at overall places at qualifiers. And then it was about trying to get a, a medal at, at Europeans um, or Worlds. My first Worlds was Chicago. Can't remember where I came, not very well, not particularly anywhere to write home about. Um, that's, a, that's a decent trip though, isn't it? Chicago. That must have been it fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, and because I, again, because I was so new to it, I kind of booked myself a nice hotel and so I did it quite nicely. Uh, over the after the first year, when I realised this was quite an expensive thing to do, I was like Airbnb-ing it, like the cheapest ones I could find all the time. Can, can I camp in your garden? Yeah. <laughs> exactly that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Once I realised, yeah, it has, it has to be done on a budget. Having said that, I stayed in some really nice places. Um, 
to, to, I thought they were nice. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would have been like, yeah, I'm not staying here. Also stayed in some really dodgy places. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a bit, yeah. Bit, bit, bit of potluck at times. Um, Australia was amazing. We stayed in an apartment that was at the very top of the highest building at the Gold Coast. And it was like the most beautiful view. Um, but we just lucked out there um, on that one. It, it wasn't expensive. I don't quite know how I managed it. Um, <laughs> but that, so that was probably the best place I stayed in. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was that year. And then the next year. So what year were we in at the moment? We're in 2015, I think. Okay. Um, 2016, 2017, were nothing special. There was, I mean, it sounds, I, I don't like to. 2016 was a pretty big year for your family, right? Yeah. Oh, you forgot about that, didn't you? Well, what, what happened to my family that year? It <laughs> was a big year. Yes, Alex got her gold medal that year. It's a very yeah, that's big year. Let's just a, just drop that in there. Yep, Olympic gold medalist, Olympic champion um, in my family. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, that was a pretty big year. Um, into uh, just trying to think in terms of my racing, nothing again, nothing. Actually, that was I think I did Dusseldorf that year. This is the sprint. Might have been that year. Might have been the next year. I can't remember. No, it was Lisbon. I mean, I don't even know. I'm just rambling now. Um, Lisbon I did, and I was ill, I remember. I came sixth, but didn't, wasn't sure I was going to even race that one. Okay. Um, Dusseldorf I did with the brakes rubbing. Wasn't the first time I'd done that either. Did that on two other occasions. What happened there? You know how when you, like, are unpacking your bike, you should, like, spin yeah. your wheels and check that the brakes haven't moved? I was still, yeah. I, was, I was yet to learn that you should do that. Um, right, okay. So there I was on the bike thinking, why is everyone overtaking me? Which sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I have got quite a strong bike. So generally that didn't happen. So I was just like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, why am I so bad? Um, and then I went to get my bike out of transition at the end and was like, why won't it move? Oh. <laughs> um, so, so as I say, kind of all the errors over the years. Um, and then 2018 was the year when things kind of started to go right, other than, so the winter of that season, <laughs> I went on a bike handling course and fell off. Oh, that, <laughs> broke that's... My, you broke, broke my No, on a bike handling course. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. It wasn't the best course I'd ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's yeah. like turning um, up to an AA meeting with a can in your hand. That's that's I mean, brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the best thing about it was I fell off and was like, oh my goodness, someone's going to be coming around the corner. So I grabbed my bike, jumped, um, jumped out of the way. Um, and it, it was actually a mountain bike handling course. So I'd been told that it would be a really good idea because it would help with my bike handling if I could handle a mountain bike. Mm -hmm. So I went along. And the thing was, there was this, we had to go over these rocks and then round a corner. And I was getting competitive and I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, anyway, I fall off and I'm like, oh, it feels a bit funny. I think I should go and get it checked out. And everyone was like, well, does it hurt? Well, no, not really. But they were like, why do you want to go to the hospital then? I was like, it just doesn't feel right. So I went, went to the hospital with everyone being like, I can't believe you're going. And then the doctor was like, well, can you move it? Did all the checks, I could move it. And he said, do you know, I think it's fine, but we'll get an x-ray just in case snapped clean in half 
literally my collarbone and he was like your collarbone is broken and I went oh and he went it's very badly broken you need to see an orthopedic surgeon within 24 hours oh. um and so the next next week it was being operated on um so to a, I, I was doing it during that time so the, <laughs> the next day with my broken collarbone <laughs> worked out that I could get on a gym bike so was like I just need a little bit of help on it and they were like got me on it and they were like are you gonna be okay I was like yeah it's fine it's fine don't worry so carried on training again had the operation thought the next day I'd be able to get training I left it two days um set up my bike on my turbo and was doing like 17 18 hours of biking a week um there's, there's something really wrong with triathletes isn't there because I've heard I've heard this story over and over again like even Rue Fastel before she went to Kona a couple of years ago, she busted her arm or elbow or something. And then she, yeah, the next day sat on her bike and like, yeah, wrong? what's wrong with us? I'm pretty certain we'd all do it though. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Can't possibly. And, but, and what makes you want to do it even more is that it's your go-to, isn't it? Having a rubbish time, you want to train. So you're injured, yep. you're having a rubbish time. That's what you want to do to make yourself feel better as much as anything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah that was and I get muddled as to what came first now um because I also that that would have been the first winter I think so that might have been 2017 and then in 2018 I had surgery on both of my hips um so I had um arthroscopies on them so it was keyhole but they basically go in shave down the hip bones because it didn't the, the socket didn't fit in properly so kind of okay. shave it down better um and they have to do one at a time so he did one in september recovered from that did the next one in november so in and between he, that 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 just short of a year in between you're still training and you're still run training and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then and so yeah i think this must have been this must have been 2017 that i was having these surgeries because then in the january of 2018 I started getting quite a lot of pain in my hip again. Um, and I emailed my consultant. And I said, I think it could do with a scan. And the reply came back via his secretary. Apparently he said to his secretary, give her a scan. It will make her feel better. He does the scan. I go in to see him and he looks almost like he's going to cry. And I was like, oh my goodness. And he was like, I'm so sorry. This has never happened before. And one of the bone anchors have come loose. Um, and he was like, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go back in and like sort it out. And I said to him, well, have you, have you had to do that before? Have you done that before? He was like, no, I've read about it in books. I was like, oh, oh great. yeah. So he was like, you'll be the one case. I'll go to conferences and I'll be able to talk about you and no one else will have seen it. Oh, that, like, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. I want to be spoken <laughs> about. Um, and, and to be fair to him, I, in our meeting, I kept my call. And then I got out and my mum was with me and I just burst into tears. Um, and the poor guy then came out and of course saw me crying. Um, and he kind of walked back with us to the gone on the station, was chatting with us and kind of made me feel better. So anyway, back in January for another surgery, thinking, God, am I ever going to make any races this year? Um, so is that what the emotion was about? I think yeah a lot of it will have been and just the fact that I'd kind of done all the rehab gone through it all had both the surgeries and like in my head that was it but then obviously it wasn't and I yeah. suppose that's that thing of will it ever actually be better 
um, yeah. or am I always gonna have pain from it? Um, but the third surgery worked. Uh, and the first race back was a qualifier at Grafton Water. Um, and I came overall second, I think one age group. And then I think- How the many weeks or months after that was the surgery? So January, Grafton would have been April, May? May, May yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, load, plenty of time really. Well, not loads of time, I guess, to get running. No. Um, and then that year was Estonia for the Europeans. Um, so we're back to Olympic distance. Yeah, back to Olympic distance. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Estonia, where yeah, I came third, fifth overall, but third in age group. The two in front of me were French Grand Prix athletes, so they kind of should have been better than me. Um, but actually, that's probably one of my favourite races in terms of how I felt I did. I didn't feel I could have done much more. Um, and then, oh, goodness, you're making me remember all these things that I've just, like, forgotten. I've not so, said anything. You're I know you haven't. <laughs> I'm just, like, telling you my life story here. And it's just, like, bringing up, like, memories of everything. Um, oh, after that race, so the river in Estonia, uh, in Tartu, don't think anyone's going there. They cancelled the Europeans that were going to be there, so I can say it. It's basically, like, really polluted. Um, oh, lovely. <laughs> so when I when I came back I was really ill and so were a few people in our team but I was ill to the extent that I ended up in hospital and they were checking for like lymphoma and all sorts and I, I knew it wasn't that I knew I'd pick something up but they said to me on the Wednesday so this was and this was a week before Europeans in Scotland uh, for sprint distance they said to me on the Wednesday they didn't think I they were like you can't compete and I flew up to Scotland on the Friday and raced on the Sunday. Okay, uh, so that was the Europeans in Scotland. Yeah, which was which, sprint. Sprint, which would have been the same one that Heverfell did as well. Quite possibly, yes. From GTN. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I managed third in my age group there. Um, I didn't feel I deserved third at all. I didn't, I didn't race well. In fact, I remember in the swim, thinking oh because it was the jetty was really that we had to hang on to it was really narrow really and so you were literally sandwiched next to each other so you couldn't move so obviously of course when you go over you're being completely drowned mm -hmm. when you start swimming and I remember thinking oh I've been ill I'm not dealing with this I'm just swimming really wide <laughs> I'm thinking oh it doesn't matter I'll just get around um and again it was another situation where I think I pretty much came last out of the swim because I remember John Leveson as I came out um calling my name and saying sister of olympian alex danson and thinking yeah. there's nothing to shout about i'm coming like last <laughs> um but um so yeah that was that was 2018 and then we have 2019 yeah. which was another um funny old year. year it was a very funny old year started off like the first well the first couple of months were a bit rubbish then i had like the best probably the best three or four months of my life and then we get the rubbish what, again what happened there then with the so best the, three or four months so the best three or four months was like everything just kind of everything in my life it felt kind of came together um in a way that like just life never had for me before um and not not just triathlon like uh my personal life my work everything like just you know how you're like this is how I want my life to be and it was literally I had it um, what was you doing for work at that point 
so I work, I worked and I still do work as a private tutor. Okay. Um, so I set up my own business. Um, I'm trained as a, a teacher. Um, but Anything in particular? Uh, so my, my degree is in primary education with a special. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to tap you up after this. Definitely. You do some one on one Zoom sessions with my kids. Yeah. I mean, I'd really have to remember what to teach younger kids because <laughs> I've gone on to do a lot more um, like GCSEs. So math and science um, GCSE um, is what I do now, what I was doing then. Um, so, you know, that had that that basically it re was doing really well. Um, like I was full. I didn't couldn't fit anyone else in kind of thing. Um, and that was something actually that I chose to do so that I could do that effectively full time because I'd work from like three to nine in the evenings. And obviously you have to plan. But I had my daytime to fit training in. Um, yeah. So it's basically a, 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 in an effort to be able to train hard enough to go pro. Um so that that was the the you started thinking about that by that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so was you knocking around with a few other age groupers or maybe young pros and thinking oh, I can do this? Did you have people around you that said that? Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's difficult to know, isn't it? Um, like I knew I had a good bike. I knew I had a good um run and my swim had really improved so you know I wasn't going to be the first out of the water in a pro race but I wasn't going to be left behind massively um I was training with uh, Lizzie Duncan uh now Brooke at the yeah. time who's super good um she got her pro license she had her pro license last year um and she's won like she thinks she's just won she has just Estonia. won um, yeah Sonia yeah, last weekend um, yeah yeah she absolutely smashed it she won by like eight minutes like miles um so I was training with her um so it's just kind of you know you never I never know I'll never know if I would have been good enough obviously um but that was the goal kind of thing um so yeah that was work um and I was just super happy like racing um obviously I won um the Europeans um and came second overall which was quite nice uh, and then the week after went to staffs and won age group there in what wasn't a very good race. Like I didn't feel very good. I don't think I'd really recovered. So 70, 70, 70.3. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Had you, had you done any other 70.3s up into staffs? Um, yeah, I'd done a couple just for fun. Um, as you do. Yeah. I think what would it have been maybe 2016, 2017 or 2015, 2016. I'm not sure that the years, um, by one age group then, uh, but that was, you know, it wasn't, it, it, I hadn't really trained for that distance. Um, and then I did Dubai in February, um, but I overcooked the run and collapsed. Um, by rights should have collapsed about 2K from the end. I don't remember the last 2K. If you're thinking like Johnny Brownlee-esque, apart yeah. from I did have Alistair to carry me the last 2K. Um, <laughs> That was effectively my last two kilometers. As I say, I, I couldn't remember it. I had a few people that messaged me and said they tried to help me, collapsed over the line, woke up with like covered in ice and my heart rate had gone like to like 230 something. Um, Jesus. And, yeah, my temperature was at 41, I think they said. Um, and I ended up with uh, rhabdomyolysis, which is what 
uh, Johnny Brownlee had. And it's just where your muscles break down in like an uncontrollable way and then they release something <laughs> into your blood um, that shouldn't be there. Um, so they took me to hospital and nearly didn't get my flight home. They were like, you can't go home unless it's below a certain level. Um, and then we had a doctor with us who, I think that was why they let me go because he was with, he was with me and was gonna sit next to me on the plane. Um, okay. So, and the next one in, in Staffordshire, I'd been given a, this is the fastest you're allowed to run. Um, <laughs> stick to that pace. I loved it. It was so but much it's not, fun. It wasn't ever gonna be as hot, was it, in Staffs, let's no, be honest. No, exactly. It was potentially gonna be raining. Yeah, although it was it was actually quite a hot day, but because I'd been given a limit on how fast I was allowed to run, I really enjoyed it. I was like, well, this is great fun. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to feel like. That's, that's uh, a, a good way of doing it, saying, yeah, you can't run below X. Yeah, 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 exactly. And actually, the, the, the idea for the next one would have been to have reduced that time. So, okay, right, well, now you've survived that, we're going to reduce that to this level. Five um, seconds off it or something and see what happens. Yeah, and... yeah exactly. Um, sadly, never got to try that one out, but um, but no, it was, yeah, it worked. So then after, after that, where does that, where does that take us? takes us to about June or July of 2019. So I had one more race, uh, which was London Tri, um, which again, I won, but that was the day, like the Saturday. I think the more popular one is the Sunday one. Um, so the harder one, I think is the Sunday um, from what I could gather. Um, but I, done, I did that for a charity. Um, um, so that was really just kind of quite a fun race to do, to be honest. Okay. That's my last race. That was your last one, was it? On on two legs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now we uh, delve into the horrible bit of that year. Yeah. Uh, so on the twenty eighth of August. Um, so not that you remember the day. No, not at all. Actually, do you know what I um when I came out of hospital, I couldn't remember if it was the twenty eighth or the twenty ninth. <laughs> This is really loserish. Um, I don't know why I'm admitting this, um, but because I wasn't sure, I had like um, an Alexa. I was like, Alexa, what time? Did, oh, sorry, what date did Claire Danson have her accident? Oh, they, it actually told me. I was like, really? Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, so I know it was mad. Uh, it shows how sad I am as well. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, 28th of August, uh, went out on a training ride. I was due to fly the next day to Zen MC uh, to do another 70.3. So it was like last ride, just turning my legs over kind of easy before flying. Um, How long was your aiming to go out for? Like an hour, a couple of hours maybe? Yeah, the loop that I did would have taken me about an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. Um, so I have kind of like a shorter loop that I do from home and a bigger loop. So it was, it was a route I you know, knew like the back of my hand. Um, and unfortunately, uh, went around a corner and collided with a tractor. Um, I actually learned two days ago that not only did we collide, but it drove over me. Um, so, yeah. So was it, uh, was it coming head on, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so it was a country road, so single track. Um, and there was just nowhere to go, really. I don't, I don't know what the foot, well, 
yeah, it's not much you can say. I've asked the question, how was the bike? But the bike's going to be absolutely destroyed. Uh, you'd be surprised. So really? the bike, the bike, the uh, so I was on my time trial bike. Um, obviously, I wasn't on the bars at that point. Um, the bars are bent, as in the time trial bars are bent, and that's yeah. it. No. Yeah, that is absolutely it. So you've obviously come off, you've protected your bike. <laughs> Pretty certain I did not protect my bike. <laughs> um, um, it just, it's, it's just how these things happen sometimes, isn't it? Um, but um, I was super lucky. Um, I mean, I always say to people, my accident was the luckiest unlucky thing that could possibly happen because by all any stretch of the imagination I shouldn't have survived it and there were quite a lot of circumstances around it which had they not happened that way I wouldn't have survived it um okay. the first one being that the first person on the scene other than obviously the tractor driver was a family friend who also happened to be a retired anaesthetist oh. so obviously yeah obviously he came on the scene and cancelled the road ambulance and got the air ambulance uh there's no way i would be here if just if it wasn't just for that simple thing really um of saying no she needs she needs the the air ambulance and then obviously he was able to check i was okay and do what he could yeah. to just stabilize me um i also so that's the first thing that i consider to be really lucky the second thing is so I mean, we haven't said, but I broke my back, um, which has left me paralyzed from kind of T5, which is like chest down. But I broke my neck um, and obviously could have like damaged my spinal cord in my neck, which would mean that I probably wouldn't have used my hands and my arms. Um, so again, to me, that's like the luckiest outcome, you know, that you could have because, you know, I certainly couldn't, couldn't well, I don't know how you would carry on with triathlon and, and paratriathlon if you didn't have use of your arms um probably you wouldn't yeah. um so so although obviously the whole situation was awful it's a lot of things to be like really grateful for it's you've got an amazing attitude to because that alone uh, well if you like you said earlier they triathletes generally are a certain breed of person but to be put back that far and to still look back at things and say, well, that, that was lucky and that was lucky and that was a good, and try and pull positives out of that. There are so many people where that, that's, that's it, the tower's in, they're, they're done, they're finished. But for you, for you to have that outlook and be able to look back and, and go, because you, you must replay that so often in your head, um, and be able to pull positives out there and to be able to use them to help you to move forward is amazing, really. Thank you. Um, I think I'm potentially quite lucky in that I'm very, I am very present in that I tend not to look back that much. Um, and I think that's, that's nothing to credit me with. It's just who I am as a person. Um, I'm always looking to the next thing and what am I going to be doing next? Um, <laughs> and that just as a character helps me because it means I don't really think about what's gone and what's happened. Um, oh, you definitely I... would have gone pro, 100%. With that <laughs> attitude, 100%. Yeah. 
what's next <laughs> that, that's that's uh, such an, a powerful thing to have in your mind mm. what's next regardless of what is being it's always what is what's going to happen what is next yeah that's yeah i don't know what to say it's amazing it's a helpful tool it's a helpful thing <laughs> so you've obviously been airlifted to where did they take you uh, to Southampton Trauma Centre. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so then I spent three and a half weeks in intensive care there um, before they transferred me onto a ward um, for another three and a half weeks. And then I went to Salisbury Spinal Unit where I had all kind of my like, spinal rehab, um, like learning to live with a spinal cord injury, basically. Okay. So that that seven weeks um obviously mentally you're dealing with a lot of things there you you're probably fully aware that you're never going to race again um so what what happened what happened with you there because there, there must have been judging by the sort of person you are there must have been some sort of attitude there is that like i'm not done yeah uh so when I, uh, so the first, one of the first things that they did when I got there was put me on a ventilator um, so that I could breathe. Yep. Um, and if you're on a ventilator, you can't talk. So they give you a letter board so you can um, point to letters to communicate. So you've, you've, you've broken your neck at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can, can you use your hands and your arms? So I couldn't um, because I think the reason I couldn't was not... It's to be honest with you, it's a bit of a grey area as to why I couldn't. Um, potentially just because they were so mechanically damaged. So my right arm took nine hours of surgery to fix it. My left arm, only my wrist was broken. So I don't think my left arm was a case of it not being able to be used. Uh, but when you have a spinal cord injury, you yeah. go for something called spinal shock. Um, and effectively, my spinal cord was swelling um, and was uh, when I was first in, it was swelling going upwards. And they did say to my family, we don't know if she will be tetraplegic, which means all four limbs are affected or not. Um, so for the first few days, I couldn't move anything. Um, I knew none of this, obviously in my head, I knew that my legs wouldn't work, but I kind of thought nothing of the fact that my arms would work again. Um, so no, I couldn't point to the letters. Um, the way we did it was a family member would point and when they got to the right one, I would squeeze their finger. Okay. Um, um, so that was how we did it. And the first word that I spelt out was sorry. Um, and the second word that I spelt out was para-athlete. Um, so Is that one word or two? I don't, I still don't know. When I write it <laughs> on the computer, if I, so actually probably two, when I write it on the computer, if I write it as one word, it comes up with red underneath it. You don't, you don't teach English, do you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't teach English, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I, you should like stick a hyphen in. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to have to check the Olympics when it kicks off and see, see what it is. <laughs> yeah, I feel I should know this, shouldn't I? But then, yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> so why why I'm interested to uh, that the word sorry is that because um, 
from me imagining to well trying to imagine being in that situation the word sorry for me would to mean uh i know i'm out all the time i know i'm training so much and someone has obviously said to me at some point be bloody careful whilst you're out on your bike because this that the other and i'm sorry for sorry was it was was what was your reason for the word sorry because you haven't done anything wrong it was just sorry for putting them through what they were going through um so to be honest i don't think like you say i i wasn't i didn't feel i'd done anything wrong but at the same time they were having to see me and i and they were having to see what had happened to me they were having to be there you know i knew that they hadn't left the hospital so it was just sorry for what they were being put through um because because of of how i was um was all was all that that was it was just a, i'm really sorry that you have to see me like this kind of thing and i knew they'd be worried so it's that i'm really sorry for like worrying you and then they must have all laughed and walked out the room when you wrote power athlete <laughs> i mean the thing was i'm just gonna switch the light on the thing was um that i hang on give me two seconds Sorry. My bike is behind me. I've just burst into it. Um, so <laughs> the thing was in my head was they needed to know. It was kind of a they need to know that you know I'm not done and that I'm going to be able to do this. And they also need to know that this is what we're aiming for. So any decisions that are made in my treatment, my care have to be in my head I mean I'm sure no one else cared about this but had to be to save the rest of me in a way that meant I would be able to carry on with sport yeah so sport in general it did, it did not matter what I mean probably in my head paratriathlon was probably there and thereabouts um but yeah probably yeah sport in general was was would would do <laughs> Uh, are you are you stubborn um on things that i feel are important i love the fact you had to think about that (laughs) um but i'm i'm not like i I don't know like maybe determined and i don't know if i would call it stubborn but then maybe maybe it is maybe people use the word determined when they don't want to be called stubborn (laughs) so when you've got a goal set in stone um it's in the calendar that that's it yeah i guess so um so long as that goal isn't going to affect anyone else um like if it's just for me and it's not going to upset worry hurt affect in any way anyone else then to my mind i can be as stubborn as i like it's not affecting anyone else if my goal was going to have an impact on somebody else um i'd probably struggle with that a little bit more and try and work around it better yeah, that I think that itself echoes with every single age group out there who's trying to get some sort of training in whilst battling mm-hmm. with family and kids and Christ knows what else. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you come out of uh, Southampton, and then you're learning to live, and uh, learning to use a chair and everything like that, I suppose. Yeah, so I always say to people that first seven weeks, you're very, 
it's all really about survival. Um, and you don't, I didn't really understand the like gravity of my situation. Like I didn't, I didn't realize really quite what an impact it would have on my life. Obviously I knew I wasn't going to walk again, but I didn't really understand how difficult it was going to be to just kind of sit up. Had you truly accepted that uh, by that point? three and a half weeks in had you truly accepted that you're never going to walk again or was you like no I'm, I'm walking again no I'd accepted it I think you know I'm, I'm quite scientific so there's a that potentially that helps me um You've got to be a realist yeah I think so um I don't blame people I know people who all they want to do is walk um and that's what they spend their time that's all they'll focus on is trying to walk again you can get certain there are certain ways like calipers and things that you can walk that you're basically walking with your shoulders um and it's not I've not tried it so I can't really cast too much judgment on it but I did ask my physio once and he said the reason we don't do that anymore is because it breaks shoulders um and as the shoulders your shoulders are all that you have we, we don't we don't insist people walk with calipers um but no for me I kind of accepted my the, the sever to my cord is complete sever there there isn't anything there um and so i i had accepted that so i suppose i suppose from then it was really just about well how am i going to get my life back to being the best that it can be um and really the only way to do that is to just get up get up every day and do what you can and do your best and know that the days count the days add up one day isn't going to mean that I can transfer and wheel my chair and do everything I need to do. 200 days of consistently getting up and doing it every day is going to get me nearer to where I need to be. Um, do you think all, all the, the pain, the stress and all those hours that you spent on the turbo running, being consistent to get what you were has helped you with going through this? without a shadow of a doubt understanding consistency and time yeah. yeah exactly without a shadow of a doubt and understanding rehab to me became a little bit like training you know this this was the timetable these were the hours that you had physio these were the hours that you're allowed to go to the gym to then do your own bits that you could do on top of that um and i was there at every opportunity to do anything and everything that i could so because diligently making sure your training peaks is still green <laughs> exactly that i should definitely have set up training peaks for like when i was in hospital <laughs> um, that's awesome so then you were uh they they thought yeah she's cool and they released you into the wild after a, uh, four weeks or so and uh, then it no was... i was i was there for um four months or so for about four and a half months yeah yeah so i must have uh gone around the middle of october and came out the week before the first lockdown so it came out march around march sometime a great timing great time so the reason i came out at that time was because everything was starting to happen and i was it was, it was monday morning we had ward round where they come and talk to you and find out how things are going and my sister was there my friend who was a doctor was there and i said to them what do you think? I think that if I came home, I'd be okay. Um, but going home meant living with my sister for a bit because the adaptions to my house weren't done yet. Um, but what do you think? Because obviously something's, you know, th this is going on. 
Um, and we decided that we would ask the doctors and see what they thought. And if they thought it was a good idea for me to go home, I would. Ideally, I'd have had maybe a month or two's more, more rehab just to get better at everything. But in Wardround, I said, what do you think? Every single doctor, physio, nurse in that room said that they thought I should go. When we asked when, they said this afternoon. So, Whoa. yeah, so it was quite a quick. Did, did you piss them off that much? <laughs> I was pretty annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I never thought of that. Maybe that was why. I just yeah, Johnny, she wants to go and get her out. Yep, off you go. Can't deal with you anymore. Um, um, so yeah, that was that was kind of leaving. Um, but yeah, so I was there for a long time. There's a surprising amount. They they try to they say to you when you go, you'll be here for twelve weeks. In reality, I don't think I knew anyone who was there for twelve weeks. Um, there's just so much to learn uh, for me because of all the breaks and things I had. Couldn't really start that learning process until all of that had healed properly. And although I healed quickly, that first seven weeks of lying in a bed meant that I had, I was like a bean. I had not a single bit of muscle on any of my arms. So I couldn't lift myself. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Um, I lost 10 kilos in that seven weeks. Oh um, Christ. And I wasn't overweight. <laughs> no, uh, no, obviously. So, so, you know, I just, I just had no muscle or anything. Um, so there, you know, all of that had to really build up before I could even think about trying to get from my chair to the bed or whatever uh, by myself. Um, um, and you have to learn everything. I had to learn how to get dressed, like things that you just don't even think about. You have to learn how to do, you have to learn how to put your shoes on. Like I remember the first time, it obviously, so obviously it, initially they do everything for you. It, the only way that I can really describe it is it's like being a, a child or a baby again. They literally do everything. Um, and then slowly you start to do it for yourself. Um, I remember the first first day I got dressed by myself, it literally took me an hour and a half. And I mean, that's a long time. That's like a workout in itself. Jesus, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much the same as my son when he was about three. Yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is, it's just like regression, but it's because you are effectively, you've been given a body that you don't know how to use anymore. And you've got to learn how to do everything from scratch. Um, this time though, because you're old, you, you're not as good at the learning old. stuff. Old. <laughs> oh, make, make everyone feel really bad. How old were you then? I was 30. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> Done. Uh, <laughs> you don't have the advantage of being a child though, where, you know, you soak things up like a sponge. Um, pleased to say it now takes me about five minutes to get dressed. It's okay. I've, I've got quicker. Um, <laughs> It's like practicing uh, transitions. Exactly. Um, and I haven't timed it recently. So actually it probably takes me more like two minutes. I don't, I wouldn't know. Was you, did you time it? The first time, yeah. And then I timed it for quite a while after that, trying to get it quicker. Really? Um, yeah. It was like, yes, I did better than yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's so competitive. <laughs> oh, but, um, but yeah, so you do learn everything. Mm. I don't know. It'd be weird if someone said you can go back to doing everything normally again. Like, this is normal now. So four four months or so after that, they kick you out in an afternoon. Yep. Uh, you go to live with your sister. Yeah. 
she's really annoying because she's like putting a gold medal in your face and winding you up <laughs> yeah pretty much um no um no it, it was amazing we actually i mean you know lockdown was hard for everybody um and i always feel a little bit guilty i just didn't didn't find it difficult at all but i was going from an environment where i've been in hospital for the last in total about seven months and i hadn't hadn't been outside hadn't really seen anything and then i was going into an environment where i was in a home and i was with my family and you know we were able to you know i got we were able to just be together and and it was quite nice um probably what, probably what you needed yeah and so i imagine actually, a lot of the time in hospital was probably on your own yeah um and I actually well i mean i was really lucky i had people with me you're allowed to visitors were from 10 i think till i mean basically whenever you wanted in the evening but i think officially it was till nine and I pretty much had somebody with me all of that time. I was incredibly lucky, um, either a friend or a family member. Um, so I was really lucky. And then obviously you make those friendships when you're in a situation like that, because no one's in there yeah. for a short time. So you make some pretty good friends. Um, but it was it was just nice to be home. Um, and But it did give me that advantage of, because obviously if I'd come out and the world hadn't gone into lockdown, which obviously is preferable, um, but there was no pressure to go out and see people straight away. I could go home, learn my new environment, because although I'd learned everything in hospital, as soon as you take away the comforts of all the hospital things, which weirdly there are, um, you're kind of learning in a new environment. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to do that. Um, we did things, we did all the things that everyone did. We grew vegetables, we went for a walk. Um, and all that sort of thing. So it was just nice to spend some time together. So then, yeah, then we came out of lockdown for about a week or whatever it was. And then we, then it was Christmas lockdown. Um, yeah. And then I think this is where I first met you. I was thinking about this the other day and I couldn't remember when it was. It was a duathlon at Dorney Lake, wasn't it? It was in the, in the January. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. The, the second, the the second or third week of the January. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I come said hi. I had an absolute mare that day. I had an absolute mare. I was, I was loving it. I think I was probably sixth or seventh or something onto the bike after the first run. And I got, it was an Olympic distance. I think I got 15 K in on the bike and then it was pretty windy that day. And there was lots of uh, stuff coming off the trees up the back end. And I didn't get a puncture. I got an absolute blowout. My front tire was just torn. And obviously I was at the furthest point away from the transition area, right up the other end. So it was a long walk back in That's my bike way. shoes, freezing cold. And when I got back to transition, the guy went, oh, it's okay, you can do the 5K run if you want. I was like, you're doing a run. <laughs> no, <thanks. laughs> so yeah, I just went home. But yeah, that's I think that's when I when I met you and was that your first that was your first trip out of the precision guys wasn't it because a couple of them were there doing something trying to think yeah some of them had done I can't remember I think there was a few oh. things happening that day there was yeah uh, it could have been that I can't decide if I was doing a duathlon that day or if that was the day that I did my first 5k push no yeah that's right you did the the, yeah there was a 5k and 
wasn't there races at the same day there was like a a half a half yeah and I think maybe even a 10k or a 15 or something um and that would be right yeah there would have been some precision guys there racing as well um and then they stuck around to watch me do my 5k I think I think um so that was your first taster of getting back out there and having a crack yeah that would have been if we are right and if it was the 5k that would actually have been whilst I was still in hospital so that would have been the January before so the first 5k I did was whilst I was still in hospital they let me out for the day to do one um (laughs) and then I did some duathlons the following Christmas and it wouldn't have been January because that would have been when we were in another lockdown very confusing oh yeah I've lost a year haven't I yeah that was the January before yeah so you decided straight away after the Christmas you're going to do duathlons yeah I think it was the easiest one to do because I had Uh, no one has ever said that (laughs) well I borrowed a handbike so I could do that and I could use my chair to do the push bit so I figured that was something that I could do um, relatively easily to like get back into things. And also it was something that I could do with my brother, which was quite fun uh, because I didn't have a proper race chair. I only had my wheelchair. So it was, I mean, he was basically walking by the side of me. Um, and then in terms of the bike, I wasn't like, obviously he could keep up with me on the bike at that point. Um, he might struggle now. Um, <laughs> um, so it was quite fun to, for us to do that together. Oh, that was pretty cool. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really fun. So then after getting those under your belt, you've, uh, so what year are we in now? Are we in 2020? Yes, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of out of January 2020, and now you've decided that you're going to go to Tokyo. 2019, 2020. And then, yeah, hang on, 2020. And then at the end of 2020 would have been the duathlons. And then the beginning of 2021, which is this year, um, was still in lockdown, so nothing really happened. So we missed out, like, the whole of COVID year, 2020. You've spent... Uh, did you do any races through the summer? Uh, uh, any bits went, and pieces? Well, I went to Mallory Park, where I just did the swim and the bike uh, race. So I did kind of bits and pieces, like trying things, I think, basically. I didn't have all the equipment that I quite needed yet, um, which COVID w- w- made it a bit more difficult um, to kind of like borrow a chair and that kind of thing, like a yeah. race chair, and because and, I didn't really know what I needed yet. Um, so, so yeah. That, that's the first time you've mentioned the swim. So wh- when was the first time that you got back in water for a swim? Um, well, in hospital, they have a rehab pool, um, okay. And the first thing that I asked when I got to Salisbury... Has it got a title current? <laughs> I wasn't. I should have asked that. Yeah. The first thing I asked was, when am I allowed to go in the pool? And they were like, what? <laughs> You've only just got here. I was like, I know, but when can I go in the pool? Um, and everyone else... So at first I used it for a bit of rehab, but it, it became very apparent that my goals were different to other people's. And I just said to them, in my rehab session in the pool, can I just swim? I just want to learn how to swim again. Because again, my right arm, I couldn't move out of the water. I couldn't, I couldn't do the movement to get it over. Um, so at first, I just kind of dragged my arm through the water with my right arm and then obviously lifted my left arm over. Um, and I had to use a snorkel and things at first. Um, so that was kind of my first taste of being back in water, if you like. And then obviously in the first lockdown, no one could swim or do anything. But then as soon as we came out of that, I did open water again. Um, 
because it was easy to get to those over the summer. Okay, so how do you, how do you deal with that? With not being able to feel from chest down. Um, just let the rest of my body like float along behind me. Um, <laughs> no, so um, I yeah, well, I thought it would be like swimming with a pool boy. So I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I could do like one thirty pace with a pool boy before. I'll be fine. It's not the same. <laughs> um because you can't use any of your core and I think that's part of my problem and then I think my other problem is that my right arm still isn't as mobile as it needs to be so it's work in progress still but what I do is I wear wetsuit bottoms um which keep my legs up which you're allowed to wear for the race as well um so you can always I'll always whether it's wetsuit or non-wetsuit I'm allowed to wear those and you can also tie your legs together you can strap them which just means they're not floating all over the place they'll be yeah. like in mind as it were um so that's what i do in terms of my legs okay that's yeah that's pretty cool and it's just a major arm workout yeah <laughs> basically it, yeah. everything <laughs> that's what it's like is it's like a drill isn't it it's like yeah, a drill. Yeah, yeah. strap yeah. your legs together you're not allowed to kick pull yeah 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 yeah, yeah. When we're at the club and they've got to practice like um, dead starts and they're not allowed to push off the wall, I'm like, yeah, it's not that easy, is it? This is like that... me every time. <laughs> <laughs> so you started getting back into open water and uh, so now we move into uh, where we are now, 2021. Yeah. Uh, so this year I managed to finally like I joined a um like an athletics club uh, for getting used to the race chair because that was really the one element that I was really missing um and they lent me a chair so I kind of have finally started to get into that section that part of it which means I can actually so that's pull. that's the lay down chair with uh, the no, uh no it's the one where you're sat in it uh rather than being laid down you're sat but it's got like a wheel at the front um so uh, like, like the guys use at the london marathon yeah exactly that yeah rather, rather exactly. than laying down and having the crank in front of you yeah good yeah, yeah yeah so the crank in front of you is the bike section and then the race chair is the one like you see in the london marathon and that's for the okay. run section. um right. so that was really the element that i was missing um so i have now made like quite a good start on that which is good don't have my own chair yet still using a borrowed one um but the advice that you get given is don't buy one straight away because you need to kind of learn what you like and what suits you because then you get one made, um, like made to fit, basically. Okay. Yeah, um, so so. A pretty similar story to a bike, bike, I suppose. Find what yeah. you like and yeah, and then buy your UFO chain and your ceramic speed bottom bracket. and yeah, Exactly. You, you know, <laughs> you'll be all over it, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Disc wheels, a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm in for that as soon Marginal as, gains. Yeah. Although quite big gains. Like at the moment, the chair that I'm in, when I switch it, it should make a big difference. Um, which is nice. I think maybe you're comparing like mountain bike to road bike kind of difference. Okay. Which is gigantic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So at, at some point, uh, as we stepped into 2021, you've seen uh someone who's decided to set up a triathlon in this country which is ridiculously long um no one should in their right mind willingly want to go and do it um and you thought i'm gonna have a crack at that 
I mean, yeah, I just thought, why not? Because it looked amazing. And I was like, I think I can do that. Um, so do you want to tell us what it is, who it yeah. is? So um, it's, it's a 255 triathlon, um, which uh, is set up by um, Matt and Dale. Uh, so Matt Dowell and Dale Anderton, um, who do all their Eastbourne events. Um, I believe it's Triborne. Um, but anyway, 255 triathlon. Um, and it's a 5k swim, followed by a 200k bike, followed by a 50k run, which obviously, in my case, is a push in the chair. Um, and so I just guess, for reference, that is longer in every discipline than an Ironman. Yes, it is. Just for those who don't know. Yeah. It's um, long. I mean, it is long. And I've never done an Ironman before, but I just thought that it would be a really good thing to try. Um, so I emailed them and I said, I don't know if I can do the whole thing. Obviously, I'd really like to. But at the point that I'm at now, it's possible I won't. Is there a way I can be involved? Uh, and they were amazing. And they said, we would absolutely love to have you. We're really keen to try and make our events accessible. Um, so, yeah, they, they jumped on it and were delighted, I think. Um, really, just really welcoming uh, having me along. Um, and the great, the really great thing about the 255, so it's based at Goodwood Racetrack. So there's a lake just down the road. Um, it's about a K and a half down the road. You do four, four laps of the lake, jump on your bike, ride to Goodwood Motor Circuit, where you then do 52 laps on your bike. Oh. Um, sounds like a lot. Who counts? You do. Shut um, up. How do you count that? I struggle to count five. So all you really have to do is get is have your Garmin and know yeah. that once you get to 196, you've got one lap left. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So it's not so bad. And if you're desperate, they've got live timing, so you can ask them and they can say, actually, you're on this lap. Um, so you could pull over and check. Um, but oh, I had a panic then. Count to 50. You know what it's like in a pool. Okay, can you do 10 lengths? You get to about three and you've lost count. One to count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Definitely. Um, but I have to say, a lot of people would be like, that many laps is horrendous. But actually, it's not because your spectators you're going past so frequently and they're sh sh shelling yelling shouting cowbells it's just it's really nice and you've got other competitors going by you all the time also you know saying well done keep going so i actually think it builds an atmosphere which is quite nice um on top of which they offer a relay option which again works really well so you can if you want do it in a relay of two three or four and you can split the disciplines up as you like. So you could have one person swim, one person bike, one person run, or you can play to your strengths. So you could have say two people do the swim, you all share the bike, and then maybe two people do the run. So it's you can split it how you like, um, which makes it accessible to more people also. So there are a few tri clubs yeah. that were there that put in a few teams. So they were kind of doing their own little race against each other. Um, but each person was only doing approximately an Olympic distance, slightly less on the swim, slightly more on the bike and run, but nothing too major. Um, and the, the, the upside to that is you've also always got three members of your team cheering and yelling for you every time you go by. So it does build an atmosphere that's quite unlike other races, I think. That's good. 
it, there, there's always a fear that something like that would just turn into like what we saw before Christmas at Daytona. Um, I know it's a different track and stuff like that, but people just going round and round and round. And yeah, 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 yeah you're right. But actually, I, I, I personally didn't feel that. I mean, I did get. I'm a bit different to everyone else, but it it did seem just to be the, a really great atmosphere. Um, and it meant like for us, a lot of the precision guys did it as relays. So it just it made a it made an amazing event. I think we had about seven teams. Um, a mixture of precision and then a couple of my other friends as well but they were like the best support ever um and yeah quite quite unlike anything i've ever done before really so um the days come in you're feeling nervous you need to go to the portaloo like everyone else and then eventually you end up in the swim at the swim start and the gun goes off so the start was really nice because my friend Wayne was the only person from the club who decided to do the whole thing as well. So we were like next to each other at the start, which was lovely. Um, and yeah, the gun goes and off we go. I'm very, very early on. I'm at the back, which is fine. I knew I would be. Um, but I just swim at my own pace thinking, I know I got had three hours to do it. I knew I could make it in three hours. Didn't know I was going to be quite so close to the time. Um, do you think they shocking. really would have given you the cut off if you hadn't? No, they'd have let me keep going. I, I, without a shadow of a doubt, they'd have let me keep going. I know they would. Um, but I was pretty determined that I was going to make three hours in that. Yeah. Only 5K. My swim has got a lot worse than it used to be, though. Um, I did the first three laps, though, and thought, my goodness, I'm knackered. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> and thought, well, you've got to just do the fourth lap. It's fine. One more. That's a, it. One more. It was just, it was just what, Exactly. It was just one more. One more. Um, but they, and they had, but the worst bit is when you came kind of across to go to the next, to the like first boy again, the wind was such that I felt like I was in the sea, like the waves. I mean, obviously I wasn't, but like the waves were massive. They weren't, but it felt like they were super choppy. Anyway, um, I knew I was safe because they had a kayak by me the whole time. So it was fine. Um, um, made it around the fourth one, got to the last boy and thought, oh, now all I have to do is get to the arches and then they'll lift me out and it'll be great um so yeah got in got lifted out by dale and and will my coach who was there um and then obviously they helped me take my wetsuit off but of course i've been in the water now for i think it was two hours and 53 minutes i think was my official time oh um, you're what, way under three hours well exactly i had all seven minutes to spare yeah, way under. <laughs> um um so by that time, I'm pretty cold having been in the water for that long. So take my wetsuit off and I'm like shivering. What, um, what was the Tabata temperature? Do you know? Um, I don't think it was overly cold. Um, it's about 19 or 20, which really isn't that cold. Um, but but two, two hours and 50 odd minutes is a long time. Yeah. And spinal cord injury, um, one of the other effects of it is you struggle to regulate your body temperature. So being okay. in water for that long... I will undoubtedly I will get cold um um which which you know it wasn't a big deal because as soon as I got onto the bike managed to shiver my way into a dry top and as soon as I started I warmed up again so it was fine yeah. although we got onto the bike and of course because we're in England it's absolutely hammering it down with rain um so I put on this dry top and thought well that was pointless um uh but again so my friend Chris who's also paraplegic uh did half of all of the distances so we got onto the bike, hand bikes together, and they'd got a um, motorbike escort 
to take us along the road from uh, from the lake from the to lake track. to the track right okay yeah which was a really nice touch i i wasn't particularly expecting it but they'd obviously thought for safety just to make sure that we were okay so that was really nice um and then yeah to the track and the start of the 52 laps as it were um so take us through that lap by lap lap by lap um, the first lap I was like I thought because the, the bike's my strongest I was like yeah we're gonna be fine then I realized how much the swim had taken out of me and I was like ah I'm not going to do this quite as quickly as I thought I was it, this is different for us isn't it because okay so usually you're like the swim the swim's a swim it it's just a it's a nice little dip before the next bit happens isn't nice it really warm up, isn't it? yeah, yeah. It's a warm so up then so then you're you're all arms so then normally onto the bike all legs yeah but you're all arms again yeah <laughs> so so yeah so I was clearly still had my brain up it's fine the swim's just the swim it doesn't really do anything does it because then you go on to the main event of the bike forgetting that yeah my arms were going to be pretty tired um so I wasn't going as quickly on the bike as I'd like to have been and I was kind of working out the maths in my head and I was thinking I'm not going to do this in after kind of the first like I don't know, seven or eight laps, not seeing how quickly I was doing. I was like, I'm not going to do this in the time I've got before the cutoff. And I thought, well, it doesn't matter because you can do what you can and then we can just kind of see what the situation is. Um, after 50K, I pulled in to just top up nutrition. So they had a really good, everyone had their own box that was really easy to pull into. Um, so I pulled in to do that and that was okay. Um, did another 50 so I got to 100 and pulled in and also went for a comfort stop. Saw Will, who was like, how are you doing? I was like, my shoulder's a bit sore. And I was like, it's fine. And continued to talk to him whilst like massaging my shoulder, which point he was like, Claire, I'm really concerned about what you're doing there. And I was like, no, it's, it's okay. He was like, how sore is it? I was like, well, it's quite sore. Um, and notoriously my right shoulder is not good from the accident. Um, so he said, okay, what I want you to do, and I said to him, I think it'd be good if I did another 14, because that would take me to 140K. He said, I want you to do six, and then we will review it, but you have to be prepared that the decision is quite likely gonna be that you're gonna stop, but you've gotta be amazed at what you've done. And I'm so proud of how far you've come already. It will be 120, which is more than you've done. Um, you've already done that swim you already exceeded everyone's expectations. He was really nice. He laid it on thick, which was probably what I needed. Um, so let's do that and see how you feel. So I did the six, came in, said to him, well, I think I can so do as, as Yeah, I knew you was gonna say that. So as you're wheeling off and Will Usher is in your head, as you're wheeling off for this next lap, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, yeah, he's right, or no, fucking him, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> it's that real like devil and angel on your shoulder because yeah. that part of me that is scientific does understand can use a logical brain and then my heart gets in the way um so there was that he's probably got a point and you know I have got other goals and if I was to do this today and get a shoulder injury that lasts six months what am I gonna how am I gonna feel am I gonna is it worth the risk um, and obviously my heart's saying, yeah, it's worth the risk, do it. Then my head's saying, yeah, but what if? Um, 
So I'm basically having this mental battle with the Ziklabs. Come in and the truth is my shoulder is really sore. Um, I say to him, I think I've got a few more in me. Um, he repeats what he said and he, but he's, he's amazing and says, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that you have to stop. It is absolutely your decision and I will support it. But you have to know that we're all already super proud of you and it's okay to stop now. So I did make the decision to stop at 120, um, which, you know, in reflection, there's this part, there's the part of me that's like really wanted to do all of it. But if. yeah, and, and nothing can take away from what the day was about. And the day was, you know, the fact I was there, the fact all my friends were there, the fact we were racing together again, there was a lot more to it than did you do 200 kilometers on a bike or did you do 120 kilometers on a bike? Um, so there was much bigger. I think there's, know, there's two ways you can look at that. There's uh, <laughs> someone will laugh at me if they listen to this because I've been talking to them about it. Um, uh, goals and achievements. People that go into things with goals cemented in place and then the potential of falling short yeah. and not reaching that goal but in actual fact what you've done is still an achievement a massive achievement and being able to separate the two and understand the two is a big a big thing so for you to be able to do that and separate the both and say actually what i have done to be fair is pretty epic let's just let's just like long term i have an actual goal today is one hell of an achievement it's a massive training session for what is to come in the future yeah yeah i think you're right and and i mean as i said yeah you're absolutely right and and you know in in, in terms thinking about goals actually i had gone into it with no with yeah i'd like to do this but with the full understanding that I probably wouldn't make the whole distance. And therefore you're right. It's looking at what I am achieving rather than what I've missed, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and I also had said to myself before, whatever happens, the bigger point of the day is that all of the team are there. We're all doing it together. It's a massive landmark for all of us because I know that my accident affected everybody. So actually it's not about, it's, it's got to be about having fun on the day and enjoying it. And in terms of achievement, I achieve that a hundred times over um so which yeah. is the my the usually the thing that gets people into tries in the first place yeah and it's what it's what i was so worried about from that hospital bed when i said power athlete that was why i was worried about missing about losing i was worried about losing the community about losing the fun about losing all those people that over the years i've met that i've had stuff in common with um and that was what i said to will and Rhea, like the first time i saw them you know how am I going to be in the team anymore because I can't I can't do this what's going to happen and they said to me you are always going to be in the team and we're going to do whatever that takes you, you know that's just not something to worry about and Sunday was just all of that and more to be honest it's, yeah it's pretty <laughs> it's that emotional isn't it yeah, yeah I mean, it was yeah yeah Ray made me cry one Sunday I was doing really well. Then she hugged me and started whispering in my ear, and I just went. <laughs> so um, you uh, you've made the decision. Uh, you yes. made the decision. Yeah, I did. To stop. Um, and and to be fair, in my head, I was like, well, if I do the two hundred k bike, then you know, I'll just do like five or ten k on the run. And Will was like, 
So I thought I wasn't going to be able to do much on the run. And Will's like, I think 25K would be a really good goal. I haven't told him. Oh, so he's, he's taken one away and then he's pushing you still. Made sure. Yeah, exactly. And when he said that to me, I haven't told him this, but when he said that to me, I was like, oh my God, 25K. It's quite a long way. But actually got into the chair, got into the action. It's a, although it's still alarm, it is a different action. Shoulder settled down, got into it, really started to quite enjoy it. Um, it did the first three laps. And then on the fourth lap, my um physio who treated my arm whilst I was in hospital was there and so she came around for a lap with me um on the third lap or the fourth lap the fifth lap the surgeon who fixed my arm spent nine hours fixing it ran ran that lap with me oh so they all turned up that's amazing yeah it was amazing and another thing that um Matt and Dale the organizers were amazing at letting happen I said to them can I have people to run some of the laps with me and they said, yeah, it's absolutely fine. And so actually all the people who, some of the people who'd really made a massive impact in my recovery ran a lap each with me. So yeah, I had my arm surgeon, my arm physio, my current neurophysio, my sister and my brother-in-law um, each kind of ran around and did a lap. And then actually on the last lap that I did, uh, one of my friends from the team joined in as well. Um, so it was pretty special going around um and by that time it was like beautiful weather the sun had come out it was the evening it was like quite picturesque as well going around Goodwood quite enjoyed it so Instagram friendly very Instagram friendly <laughs> so you've done all your laps and then you've come into the finish yeah and then and again the finish was epic so on like the corner going going around and then going down onto the blue carpet everyone from the team was there everyone that had finished was there and like yelling and screaming, let me go along first. And then they kind of all ran down behind me, um, which was quite nice. Um, went through the tape and everything. And then, and again, like there's so many nice touches, got to the end um, and obviously photos and stuff over the finish line. Um, and then uh, Matt and Dale were like, Claire, we need to get you on the podium. And I was like, what do you mean on the podium? <laughs> kind of laughing at them. And they were like, oh, you've won your bit, haven't you? I was like, oh. And they had like a little trophy and flowers and a bottle of fizz um, to give. Uh, but they got everyone, like all the team, all the people that had been with me, all up on the podium together, which was just really nice um, for like photos and stuff. Um, and it was, you know, it was just that marker of like the journey we'd all done, really. And the fact that we were all there um, was just a massive, massive occasion, really. It's epic. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I mean, like I say, like that day last week was just more than I could possibly have imagined. I don't think I stopped smiling other than when my shoulder was hurting uh, the whole way. Every time I went past, the like cheers and the shouts were incredible. That camaraderie that you get when you're racing from other competitors as well, saying, oh, God, well done, keep going. And, you know, that I could give back to them. So quite fun was that whilst I was still on the bike course, some of the runners had started and they were running at the side of the track in the other direction. So you could kind of yell, you know, well done, keep going, looking good kind of thing, which I quite like doing that when we're racing. Um, so there's just a really nice atmosphere between, between them. Um, and yeah, I don't, and they had like an announcer, obviously, who every time I went past, oh, it's Claire again, she's still smiling. Um, which is just, I mean, amazing. Um, I, they, you know, it was just a really well done event. Um, I just, I don't think I've ever done 
one quite like it. I've certainly never smiled that much in a day. And I smile a lot anyway. <laughs> no, you generally don't smile too much when you're running. No, that's true. It, it usually hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> that is true. Nobody likes swimming, really. So, <laughs> I mean, no, no, and no one smiles when they swim. That would be weird. <laughs> so you crossed the line in a total time of, do you know? 14 hours and eight or nine minutes, something. They're still going some, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, I missed 80k on the bike and I did miss the last 10k of the run. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to try it again at some point and do the whole thing, obviously. Oh, I was just about to move on to that. So you've had, <laughs> we'll get to that. So you've had, uh, you've crossed the line, you've had your podium, you won your age group and a category um and you've drunk your bottle of fizz and then the next day you go for a recovery swim uh the day after the next day the i did day have after one after the day <laughs> the day after the next day um so yeah i don't i think hang on sunday yeah i think on monday i had a com oh on monday i had rehab so i went to my rehab session um which he gave me a pretty easy session. We didn't do anything too tricky. Um, so, so is that the, the videos you usually upload? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he didn't make me do anything too strenuous though. We went, we had a pretty- You must pretty... have been knackered. <laughs> I think I was still on a little bit of a high. Um, um, although- the Doms, Doms usually the day after the day. After yeah, and, do you know, my arms have been not too bad. Um, I brained my wrist a little bit, although touch wood, that seems to have settled now. Um, that was the worst thing. Actually, when I got home the night of the race, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't actually use my hand, which as you can imagine, it's quite a worry for someone that relies on their hands. Um, but I, that seems to have, as I say, touch wood, seems to have settled. Um, when I did do the like recovery swim the next day, um, it felt really nice, you know, like when you're a bit tired, but you swim and like you've got no pressure to swim fast. So you just kind yeah, of you just chill and float and yeah. kind of swim. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was quite nice. Um, and then I just haven't I felt all right. I've done like I did a recovery bike the following day, but just like 35 minutes and my arms were pretty tired. Um, went to the lake, but got cold because I left my wetsuit on Sunday, which was really silly um uh but today i did an hour on the bike and actually that felt all right so i think i'm getting there with getting a bit more back in my arms again uh, so when you say you did an hour on a bike are you on zwift on your bike yeah so you've yeah. got uh you've managed to link it up to a, a speed sensor and a cadence sensor probably or uh, so i've got my bike on a kicker so on a on a okay. kicker. So you have to turn the kicker upside down um, right. and like mount it on something. So it's mounted mounted underneath the table. I mean, no one else will be able to see this, but you can. Oh wow! Okay. And then you're yeah. taking your front wheel out the bike and just put it on, and that yeah, yeah, that yeah. just goes straight through the cassette like a yeah, normal chain. Yeah, normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have to just turn upside down, mount it on the bottom of a table, underneath the table, and then it's good to go. So what is it like wattage wise? Like when you're, cause you're on Zwift, obviously I don't really care at the moment for FTPs and stuff like that, but 
but you're you're probably back in the day you're probably used to probably sitting at around 3.84 watts per kilo or something like that yeah i think i was about four and a half um oh, okay. um 4.2 to 4.5 uh yeah not anything like that now so my ftp is what was my last test 20 minute power was 119 um which i don't know what that is per watts per kilo hang on it's about about two watts per kilo um so a lot less but obviously we get the benefits what, what, what is that on your yeah i was going to say what is that in regards to in comparison to speed on your bike uh so um if i'm doing like i mean it's, it's difficult to know let's say around dorney because everyone knows dorney yeah, uh last flat. race i did there um i averaged about i did or oh, i must have averaged about 30 kilometers an hour because i did 39 for the 20k makes about 30 kilometers an hour see that's pretty uh, good going in it because there's people that can't do that on a road bike yeah so I mean, you, you're not you're not hanging around yeah no like the bike is definitely my strongest bit um i've got gains to still make there that i need to make but it's it's getting it's getting there um okay so you you've um uh, having all those little training i can see the the skier in the back as well yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a gym come office in this room. <laughs> so you've done your 255. Um, like you said earlier, you don't really tend to look back. You've dealt with that this week. You're probably over it a little bit. What's next? So we've I've got the race in Mallory Park in September, which is... Okay, so we're going short-term short goals. What's, what's... Oh, yeah, short-term goals, and then we go long-term goals. So, mm. yeah, I've gone probably the longest one in the world to now doing a super sprint, um, which will be Mallory <laughs> Park on the 11th. Um, so that's a try, a super sprint. So is that 400? Uh, yeah, 410, two and a half, is that right? Yeah. Something right. like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's slightly over actually when I read it. I think it's like 10.8 on the bike or something, but yeah. Oh no, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the longer the bike, the better for me, but um, it makes up for my terrible swim. Um, and then, and then, so I'm still in slight discussions with British Triathlon, but I have spoken to them. Is this an exclusive? That's a bit of an exclusive. I haven't announced it on Instagram yeah. yet. Um, <laughs> um, but um they have said that I can come along to the celebration, are we calling it the celebration cup on the 26th? Okay. Is this the, uh, like the race that's been put on because there's no races? Yeah. Yeah. Cup so the, thing. Yeah. yeah. So basically I, I asked them, I said, look, I'd really like to go because it gives me a chance to race with everyone that I've raced with before. It also kind of enables me to finish on my terms. I get to do a final race. Um, and they said, yes, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do the triathlon because they're not convinced it'll be safe because it's quite technical. So I might have to do the aquathlon, which would be fine. It means I get to do that and then watch everyone else. Um, so obviously that's, that's not a big goal, but for me, that's quite a personal thing to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of in my mind, I'm already thinking about how am I going to get better for next year? Because in some respects, this season's kind of finished. I, I've obviously one race left. Um, but I'm really aware that my swim needs a lot of work and a lot of that is going to be faced is going to be based around how can we get my right shoulder moving properly. Um, and then what am I going to do to get the race chair better? 
because I mean, my bike is probably there or thereabouts. Um, as I say, the hardest one to get right is going to be the swim. Um, but I'm kind of quite excited for a winter of training to see how I can improve the two bits that I haven't done as much on um, for next season, which is quite exciting. Okay, so that's uh, 2022 and some short-term goals. So para-athlete, what are you looking, what is in the back of your mind that you're half tempted? So I'm asking that because I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd love to go to a Paralympics. Like that's obviously top of the, you know, to get into a GB team, top of the like list of what I would like to do, that, that would be at the top. Um, I'm super aware that you don't just decide you're going to go to Paralympics. It takes a lot of work. Um, yeah, but I'm going to jump in. But you being a tri-geek, like most of us, no doubt you've looked at the courses, you've looked at previous times, you know how fast and how slow some people are, and you know where you're at. I mean... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's where my idea that my bike is probably there or thereabouts comes from. Um, the, the biggest thing in my head that is the biggest barrier is my swim. Um, there's no, no two ways about that. Um, because I just, it just, I think it'll just need work. It's, it's almost like, you know, when you first learn to start, like start swimming and you're like, I just can't swim. And you just have to find your feel for the water again. And, and yeah. so I think, I think that will be my biggest barrier um, if I was going to um, get to uh, the Paralympics as a paratriathlete. Um, so we know that that's just time in the water, isn't it? That's, it, that's just as, as much time in the water as possible, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess that's where the excitement for the winter of training comes because I'm not, I'm not shy to do that. I'm not shy to get in the water every day and like it's, uh, hopefully see the gains. It's, to me, that's quite exciting. So we need endless pool to drop you off a pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I want uh, to. <laughs> yeah, I'd love one as well. Yeah. Two, two there that we need. Yes. <laughs> so then, yeah, uh, it would be good to see where you're at after Mallory, I suppose. Yeah, I think that'll be another good one just to kind of see um how that goes and and then yeah it'll be about swimming and race chairing all winter obviously carrying on with the bike as well but they're where we're gonna hopefully make some big improvements do you still think you can make some more improvement considering you've not like technically you've not been on the bike that long um so you're still going to be making some gains there as well Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is still, I, th I think there's still quite a lot of gains to make on the bike as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, um, yeah. So there, we've come to the end of where yeah. you're at at the moment. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a hell of a, well, the journey from 2015 ish all the way up till now there's um lots going on yeah I think I think I reckon if we delved into a lot of people's what's been going on probably quite a lot of interesting stories out there of 
their journeys, I guess. Yeah, every, everyone's everyone's been through bad times. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's had some great times. Yeah. To, yeah. to be, I, I was re- so looking forward to talking to you tonight and I was talking to one of the guys at work today and I tried to explain um, to him where you were at in regards to uh, triathlon, like knocking on the doors of tur- like going pro like Cat and other and and other people that have done it and you were there and then just it that that's taken away from you and to go from one extreme to the other but then still to want to try and achieve something it's just it's some yeah it's amazing and if if anyone's having any doubts or struggling with anything just focusing focusing on the future and giving yourself something to aim at is so powerful yeah massively yeah, and so you're nice. complete obviously you've got to have the attitude drive the will to want to do it but you're proof that it's possible the world should have more clairs <laughs> thank you um I, th- I think you're right though yeah i as one thing that this has hopefully hopefully it does help people to see that actually you can do the things that you want to I think I think often we've got that self-doubt it's really easy to think oh but what if I can't or what if I'm not good enough or what if you know this happens or that happens um but and and I don't get me wrong I often think that but um it's just about carrying on anyway kind of ignoring that and going yeah well I might I might I might not but I definitely won't if I don't try so it's worth having a go and seeing seeing where I get to and and if you can enjoy every step along the journey then actually the outcome doesn't matter um because you've enjoyed everything that you've done to get wherever you do get to then that's what life's about isn't it yeah exactly absolutely 100 percent. it's not about winning it's about achieving everything with other people around you yeah so I that's um yeah, I don't know if you can hashtag that, but <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I I have loved every second of that. And I, I can't wait to, I'm probably just going to sit here, edit this and then get it out as soon as I can. Um, and I am so grateful for you wasting your time talking to me. No, I love chatting. When you, when you probably, probably should have been on your bike, you're going to get told off or something. No, I did my bike this morning. It's fine. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to do anything today. Sometimes but, the rest is what you need. Yeah, when you get a couple in a row, you start feeling so bad about yourself, don't you? However, a couple of days... Yeah, I do get that, yeah, you're right. But a couple of days also isn't going to make any difference. Oh, no, it's, it's not going to change anything. But. No, but you're right. It is that, oh, I feel like you, that feeling like you ought to have done. But That's it. Was, it's all gone. I'm useless yeah. now. I What's I the point? I can't bike anymore. I can't even balance on a bike because I've not been yeah. on one for two days. <laughs> um, but you do have the harder job also of the fact you have kids and stuff, um, which I always think people that have kids and work and all of, do everything, I'm like, I don't know how you do that. I don't so, know. Um, it's absolutely manic. When it's so funny as well, um, because being in some sort of performance-led kind of 
hobby, if you were, although it's not, it's complete addiction. There's yeah. my, you, you tend to look at everything around you in the same kind of way. But my son is just, uh, as they would say, a chip off the old block. He's exactly the same. And he leads everything is just led with his heart or his absolute stupidity. He just, he, he, there is no, oh, what if? There's none of that. It's just, let's go into this. I'm not going to dip my toes in. I'm just going to jump in. And if I drown, shit happens. And he just, <laughs> he just gets on with it. And he's, he's only five and he's, oh. he's nuts. And he's already said to me, um, yeah, I'll do a triathlon. And like, <laughs> like it's like it's nothing. Like, yeah, why are you making such a fuss? <laughs> I'll probably beat you. That's what he says. Yeah. Every, every time I see you on the run, you're running slow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, it's because I'm hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I can beat Thanks you. For support, son. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And then Erin, uh, she's seven. She's completely the other way. Um, she's got her. I try and explain it to her. She's got her little box. Uh, where she feels comfortable and yeah. then these there's these things on the outside that she's she's sort of knocking on doing but she's very hesitant to do and yeah. just trying to explain to her but like, once you do it once and you think oh that's not so bad suddenly your box grows a little bit and then yeah. that thing is inside your box and you need to keep doing these things to broaden your horizons and then it makes you a more confident person it makes you this and your other um and try and give her examples and stuff like that. Whereas, so she, she, she has that inner person pulling her back a little bit, which yeah. isn't a bad thing because she tends to like look at everything and break everything down. Um, yeah. So she, she'll probably go through life and not make too many mistakes. Whereas my son's just gonna, yeah, he'll either be <laughs> mega successful. Yeah, he'll just bash his way through and yeah. kind of like me and just end up somewhere at the end and go, oh, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be that. I think both ways are just as good as any, to be fair. That's the joy of it though, isn't it? Everyone is different. So everyone's going to find a different way of doing things. Yeah, 100%. So I, yeah, once again, I'm so happy that you've come on. I'm glad. That's all right. Thanks, thanks for spending some nice time with you. us. That's all right. And, uh, Thank you for having me. That's no worries. Just Claire, I'm sure you guys will echo my thoughts in regards to how fit she is. And if anyone's got any questions or wants to know anything about Claire, um, she's pretty good at getting back to people on the old socials. You can find all her details in the show notes. Or if there's anything in particular that you're interested in, you don't want to talk to Claire, you're more than uh, welcome to reach out to me and I'll do what I can. Also, do remember, the show is sponsored by EasyDisc. You can find all that information in the show notes as well. And we look forward to being with you all soon. Cheers, guys. <laughs>